1: the aim isn't to be perfect. The aim is a couple of things. Number one, to be real. Number two, to be inclusive, right, in ways especially that we didn't feel included. I think additionally, what's what's really beautiful is to just remember, you're not here to be the one that knows it all. You're the one here to help people bring through people the door of opportunity.
0: Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Alyssa. Courtney is taking a sabbatical this season to focus on her personal life and family, but the show must go on. Luckily, Courtney and I have been supported by a community of honorary sisters throughout our careers, and Alyssa is certainly one of them.
2: So this season, Dana will be joined by a new honorary sister each episode, and I'm honored to be one of them.
0: And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in the entrepreneurial journey. Like team building, work life balance, and how to recover from tragedy, both in business and in life. It's time to talk about work life balance. And today we're talking all about balancing being an entrepreneur that keeps you away from home and the people you love. We're talking with the incredible Rachel Sheeran. Rachel is an award winning keynote speaker and MC aimed at helping great people do great work, heal burnout, and live a life that they love. Rachel's keynote speeches are a shake, not stirred mix of energy, education, and inspiration. There's no BS fluff stuff with her. Her authentic style and commanding stage presence leads audiences to their big aha moments to boost their own happiness, success, and love for their work and life. Rachel's clients range from Fortune 500s to nonprofit associations, unified by their drive to be massively successful and enjoy every minute of it. Teams that want their profits to grow alongside their fulfillment and authenticity are drawn to Rachel's energy, style, and actionable takeaways. Thank you, Rachel, so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have you.
1: It is so great to be here. What's up from Charlotte? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I just
0: can't believe it's been almost two years since last time you were on the podcast. Can we
1: really count it two years? To be honest, those COVID years, I mean, it's like a day and a half and it's like a century. So what even is time? It's been a little while, Dana. We should remedy this. Let's not wait that long the next time. But enjoy the day today. I'm so pumped. If you want to give people just a brief
0: uh, background of kind of what you do and how you kind of got to where you are today.
1: Absolutely. The overview is that my name is Rachel Sheeran, like Ed Sheeran, but different, as I say. And I am really deeply curious about the intersection between success and happiness. And honestly, why success costs us so much emotionally, why burnout comes to play a lot and what we can do to kind of ping off of if if success was a triangle and the corners were burnout and happiness, how we can stay more in that high vibrancy and that success we love and the abundance really of life in general. And I'm curious about that. And I do that through, you know, writing. My book comes out a little bit later this year, uh, yeah, MC work, keynote work. And I do it for honestly, high performing cultures that really care about their employees. And so I've had a blast. You know, my background is in the meetings and events industry and I like to say, you know, I'm still an event partner. I'm definitely a supplier for major conferences whether it's for Google or Walmart all the way down to uh, you know associations or chapters, small business teams, things like that. But I love it. I just think success doesn't have to suck and I'm deeply curious, especially as a behavioral analyst, why we act the way we do and how we kind of Honestly, self-sabotage on the way to the top. I mean, ladies, I'm sure you've had that experience of this is what I want, and I'm gonna do anything to achieve my goal. And you get there and you're like, This was not what I was hoping. And actually, not even not what I was hoping. It's it's not really what I want. It wasn't worth it. And life, oh, life's too short to be thinking like that.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of know your story, your the story you tell everybody, mm-hmm. right? Where you know, you were kind of at the top of your game and you threw your computer and basically said, you know, fuck <laughs> this, I'm done with it, walked out and kind of started this journey. But was there really just this, because I, you know, I think it's interesting. I think it's hard to uh, leave a career, start something different. There's almost like this mourning period, this, uh, mm-hmm. p- probably a period of regret, confusion or whatnot. But when was it when you were like, oh my gosh, this is what I was supposed to do. Like, this is my destiny. This is what I was created for. Whatever you believe in, God, whatnot, but like this is why I'm here on this earth is to do this work.
1: It was folding a pair of underwear, like every day, <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Was it your yeah, underwear? Yeah, it was my underwear. It was my underwear. I don't try to make a habit of folding other people's underwear too much if I can if I can avoid it. Yeah, I remember I was in my bedroom. I was folding my underwear, and my therapist at the time, Jenny, she was my first therapist, and you never forget your first. Uh, she had asked me uh, about joy and about happiness. And I was in, you know, what St. John of the Cross calls the dark night of the soul. I was stumbling around. I knew I couldn't, you know, be in the darkness forever. But honestly, I had no compass. I had no clue. I had no income, no friends. I mean, it was a dark moment. And, you know, a week after week, she was asking, well, you know, um, yes, I understand that that's something that's positive. But, you know, it sounds like Someone's reaction is why you do it, right? Like being a great daughter to my mother is important to me because. My mother says, I love you. Thank you. I'm proud of you, right? So, you know, do I like being a good daughter or do I like having her tell me that I'm a good daughter? Mm, chicken and egg. So she challenged me with trying to find something that was independent of other people's reaction. And I was folding clothes. And I had a vision of being 17 again. And I love a subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre of music. And it's called positive hardcore and it's somewhere in like the punk variety of music. And there's a, a band that I really love and I grew up loving. And I started to think about that band. And I started to think, gosh, that was a fun time in my life. And then it, one thought led to another, and I thought, well, you know, it wasn't even the music, and it wasn't even the lyrics. It was what the guy on stage, the lead singer, said between songs, and just made me feel so good. And it was like church, but it it wasn't church. It was this communal experience, and. He, said that you know being an outsider or like what you see differently is really part of your not his words but mine your magic and in one like fold of an underwear i was like oh he's kind of like a motivational speaker other fold of an underwear i was like oh i always wanted to be in a band i wonder if i could do that and then the final fold i was like oh i want to be a motivational speaker damn it <laughs> You want to do the in-between songs? Yes, mode. I want to, wanted to do the in-between songs. That spark. It's so true. And I, and I had like, to be honest, you know, it's so funny. Thank goodness a calling comes calling multiple times. I really believe it. Like once you see something, right, you can't unsee it. And I remember being just like embarrassed straight up that I would, first of all, want to be on stage. I grew up in a family where I, you know, for better or for worse, I was told like, stop being so dramatic or like, you know, you're a little bit much, right? So wanting attention was definitely not encouraged. But the other side of it was like, what did a motivational speaker really even do? And was that something I could get paid for? And Great news. The answers are both limitless. So I've really enjoyed it. But yeah, I um, I definitely fought against it for about mm, three to six months. And I was like, no, no, no. Really, what I want to do is help people. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that help people. I just have a naturally specific skill. And, and shout out to anyone who wants to speak on stage. Full disclosure, you don't have to be a raging extrovert like me to do it. Most speakers are introverts. So I'm just naturally made this way. But that doesn't have to be the case always. Sometimes you are perfectly made for your passion. Other times, you know, listen, uh, you know, I'm out there running, trying to run 5Ks that, you know, over 200 pounds. I don't know if I'm perfectly made for this, but I'm trying
2: Absolutely. I've loved watching you grow as a speaker because the first time I saw you speak was at a chapter meeting. And, you know, I love like Broadway and theater and like performance based things always have. That's how I got into events. And something I've always loved about it is like, you feel like you're watching someone Mm self-actualize on stage. Like you can see them and in their core, of course, they are having the time of their lives. And watching you give a keynote for the first time was exactly that. It was like, this is what she is meant for. She is having the time of her life up there and making an oh, impact. That means so much. It, so It's been amazing to wa- go from that in a literal <laughs> warehouse space yeah, know, in warehouse. Raleigh too, watching <laughs> to watching you be on the warehouse stages now. Yeah, helping it, thousands it, of people. It, it was, in the warehouse. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it was a blast. In the warehouse. The rare indoor yeah. tent Well, combo. you know, you bring up in me that
1: quote. <laughs> there, there's two quotes that kind of come to mind. Speakers teach what they need to learn. I've noticed that right? So like something that they're passionate about. And I think a lot of this, I see this in parents as well. We teach to our children what we need to learn and what we struggled with so that in hopes we could A, save our children from, you know, the trials and tribulations we know ahead and B, so that we can learn it too, right? And and by the way, if you have no talent in it, you'll never hear me talking about organization, y'all. It just is not in my bones. But you know, when we want to be better and we want to do better, I see that. But the other side is, is, and Alyssa, I I think this really brings up in in both of you who are incredible speakers and presenters and friends and, and professionals, but it's because you do, others can. And I think about that. All the time. You know, we get comments sometimes. It's so great to see a curvy person on stage. It's so, um, you know, it's funny. Sometimes on LinkedIn, somebody will be like, such a tall person. And I am a tall person, but I'm like, y'all can say it. I'm thick. And it is inspiring to see someone up there in loud, beautiful clothing commanding a whole stage. Because I think back to being a kid and I didn't see that at all. You know, men can often have different body shapes and, and be larger and smaller and all that kind of stuff. Women, for the most part, Right. I grew up in the Kate Moss era of female beauty and not to take away from Kate Moss. I just think I would have loved to see somebody that look more like mm-hmm. uh, Amy mm-hmm. Schumer up there or
2: Monique. We grew up in the era where it was like uh, Jessica Simpson was considered plus size I and know. sweet girl was like a six. So <laughs> totally understand. Yeah.
1: Well, and, 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 you know, it's funny because I remember growing up and plus mm-hmm. size wasn't even a mm-hmm. word. She was just fat. And I think that is one of those beautiful moments that we're existing in right now is that, you know, is everything all hunky-dory and, and uh, daisies? No, but the conversation is a lot there and representation matters so much. So I want to give it up both to you all. You know, it's easy to say, oh, we've got, I'm running multiple businesses. I've got, you know, kids, I've got clients, all the kind of stuff, but you both have made this opportunity where you say yes and it's and if I want it and I'm going to do it and it, it inspires people who may never say anything and hopefully a couple people who do say it too.
0: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's really hard and I really love what you just said speaking speakers teach what they need to learn. I struggle with that so so much cuz I feel like in my who I am like if I'm going to get up there and say something I should be doing this perfectly. And I recognize that that's not reality at all, that there are circumstances why maybe this doesn't work specifically for my business or for specifically this time in my business, right? But I feel like it's really hard because a lot of times you do feel like an imposter up there. You well, kind of, I struggle with imposter syndrome like yeah. all the time. And growing up in that culture, I think, you know, where we grew up in the 90s where you had to be perfect and everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. This is not this is even pre-airbrush, right? This was like, you literally were perfect in order to be on that stage to be in front of people and even like to this day like there's this as that when we were at experience I I was wearing a dress and I loved it I loved the way I looked in it I felt really comfortable in it but there was like that moment I was like should I put on like you know some like shapewear like should I put on some Spanx like mm-hmm. And I remember Courtney looked at me, she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's
2: just so ingrained yeah, like, in What are you, you trying to shrink? Like right. your size, your energy level, exactly. your, the way you show up in the world, like why? Yes. Just be your whole self, go exactly. out there exactly as you are. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, the, but there's that, there's that a uh, uh, constant dialogue in your mm-hmm. head that you're just not, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You don't, you're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not this enough. You're not whatever. And I think for me, what my biggest struggle wasn't, is really when I got on stage was that, and I think where people related to me is that I didn't like where we came from. We came from nothing, like literally nothing. Like mm-hmm. everyone, my husband laughs me all the time and I talk about like when I get kids, like stuff for lunches, I was like, I never had this. Like I, I I wanted this so badly. Like I wanted a Nutty Buddy bar. I wanted a a cool, like the Kool-It, Kool-Aid squeeze it. Like mm-hmm. I wanted it so badly and I just, we couldn't afford it. Like we just we literally came from nothing. And That's to why build we're this obsessed business.
1: with shark It's just lunchables. Yeah, For people who have been denied <laughs> the
0: lunchables. <laughs> no, I was denied lunchables. It was like made no sense to my parents. They're like, why would I spend money on crackers and cheese? Like, make a sandwich. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's and so I think it's really interesting sometimes when you see people that have a similar whether it is you look like them or whether it's even a similar experience, being up there and saying, like, oh, I can be that person, I can do that. And I think it's super powerful.
2: Well, it's cool too that your ambition helps you give the life that you want to give to your family, to yourself, you know, like you're creating that in your own success. So Yeah. yeah. And Rachel, you're sure creating that. I loved when you posted one day about what you loved in your travels was like hotel life. And what was it about being in a hotel and how can I bring the best of that home with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to you for that. It mm-hmm. also helped me book a monthly cleaning lady once that was yes. budget. So yes. Game changer, man, game changer again, like cultivating the life you want to have. and love it making room for it all. That's so cool. <laughs> that you. you know, Dana, as you were talking, and I think
1: Alyssa, you bring it up like beautifully, is this idea of like the self-talk that we have sometimes. And it's so funny how strong that is, how it quiet because it's internal. So nobody sees it, but how strongly we feel it. And it's like, says who? Or where did we learn that? Or, you know, like the judgment we put on, for example, having somebody help us clean, right? Having, uh, having a housekeeper once a month or every two weeks. It's like, well, who, you know, who said like, don't spend your pennies like that. Who said that that was only for rich people? Who said that that was because you're lazy and and don't keep a clean house? By the way, like that was all me. That these were all thoughts that I had. And when you think about that perfectionism, that's coming up for you, Dana. You know that's of course the ego, and the ego is so self obsessed. Like if I can just say that out loud we are obsessed with ourselves and one thing and i will say i think 2020 2021 really helped break my ego wide open i let go a lot of this but this idea of it's not about me like some things are all about me and i can derive power from that and you know when i when i go out in a crop top and i'm like hell yes i look incredible somebody better put me on film you know like that's that helps me right when it's all about me (laughs) but when I start to turn into those shadow thoughts and that judgment thoughts and that you know it it, what whatever thoughts are coming up you know it's not about me Dana you you know when you get on stage the same thing with you Alyssa the same thing with me I think all great speakers the aim isn't to be perfect the aim is a couple things number one to be real number two to be inclusive right in ways especially that we didn't feel included previously to say to have somebody sublime in the first five to 10 minutes there of any conversation, coffee, interaction, interview, whatever it is to say, gosh, I'm in the right place. And this is for me. Right. And then I think additionally, what's, what's really beautiful is to just remember, you're not here to be the one that knows it all. You're the one here to help people bring through people the door of opportunity. Just people who are just a little bit down the road. And by the way, people like lambs who have wandered off the path. Sometimes, you know, I listen to my favorite speakers and I'm sure I'm like this as well. Sometimes I don't say anything that's necessarily... Mind-blowing! What I do though is give you such good reminders and funny stories and engagement that you go, God, I I gotta, I gotta change my ways. I I gotta, I gotta stop living an incongruent life to my values. And and that's that's the whole point. You know, some people are very prescriptive in what they do. This is a, a parenting style. My parents, by the way, were very much like this. They said, "Do what we say." And and I was really lucky. They 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 lived a lot by their own codes, and. Y'all, human behavior, we don't like being told what to do. I don't even care if you are right, right? As parents of teenagers and future teenagers, I see you both smiling because you know this. But like adults don't like being told what to do. And so to me, what I, you know, when I get in those nervousness, oh gosh, am I right? Is this brilliant enough? Is this mind-blowing enough? Whatever it is, it's so well-researched enough. What I have to remember is, is, you know, first of all, it's not about me. It's about them. And number two, the only person demanding perfection is myself and it's impossible. And once you do that, you're like, well, you know, to be honest, and I think of like the least favorite people I've ever seen. And I go, well, I'm way better than that guy. So I guess I got it. I got to do this. I got to do this. Right. And you can Mm -hmm. find motivation in so (laughs) many different ways. So many different ways.
2: You all nailed it with, you know, talking about imposter syndrome and like, did I put in enough research? And when I got chosen to do my first national speaking engagement, I had like loads of self-doubt about, am I the best person to be giving this? And why doesn't somebody else do this instead? And uh, you know, it finally was like, well, I, I might not be the ultimate person in this world to present on this topic, but I'm the one willing to put it, put myself out there mm-hmm. and to put in the work to create it. I mean, you're creating a curriculum and content. I mean, mm-hmm. Dana creates entire structures of curriculum to help people be better leaders. And Rachel, you have put together a curriculum that has been truly life-changing for me. And it's like, are you the ultimate person in this universe? Who knows, but it doesn't matter. You were the one who did the hard work, who put themselves out there and who changed lives in the process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so, and I think that there, there is, there is a lot of that conversation too of, okay, but I'm, I am the one that's up here. And, and there is a, there is something to that for me that I think there is something about knowledge. There's something about, you know, you're putting yourself out there, but it's also a passion to me. Like I think that that really speaks through when you see these a lot of speakers and people who are living out their passion, and and I can obviously anyone who's listening to this knows that Rachel is for <laughs> sure living out her hundred percent passion. As you are very passionate when you talk about these things, and, and I think that what I always admired, and I think I've told myself this because this past year I've traveled a lot. I've traveled pretty much once a month. I never travel more than a week a month. That's just an agreement I have with my husband because. He's fine for about a week. Then he gets really squirrely, like with the kids. And so that's, you know, and it's good. and that's enough for me. I, I don't I don't miss too much or whatnot, but i I still struggle so much, like with this kind of where my values are in conflict with each other, because I value myself and I value what I do, and I feel very passionate about what I do, and I love it. Like I love connecting with people. I love being there. I love helping others. But I also love making every single mm-hmm. basketball game and soccer game and helping with the homework and <laughs> going to bed with my husband, like all of these things. And they are in direct conflict. And so I'm curious, like how you kind of navigate that world because you travel a ton. And I know that one of your values is home and being with your husband totally. and, I,
1: hit the jackpot. and I and friends I have the best. I yeah. have the, 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 the life that I used to dream about and the life that I have are the exact same life. Actually, it's a little bit better because I didn't see a couple of things coming. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate you offering up this question because to be honest, this is such a it's a lot like actually burnout, which is the topic I talk on where it's deeply personal. You know, somebody out there might be listening, saying, you know, they're in the I wish well, right? Oh, I wish I could travel. I wish I could do that. I wish I could leave. You know, I mean, depending on where you talk to people in parenthood, I wish I could leave is almost always there. <laughs> There's some seasons that are difficult and more difficult than others. But, mm-hmm. you know, to me, one of the things I think that that really created a great foundation was. You know, having I, I hit the jackpot of partners and we both think we got the better end of the deal. And that includes loving each other, not just for how we are when we met or how we are when we got married, but how we're going to be. And, you know, we've been multiple people since we've been married. You know, same with the with the same sexy exterior, which I love. Jeff did grow a beard, as we call him King Sharon. So he's upgraded to the beard model. But, you know, overall, it was about this thing where, you know, we always knew we were going to evolve. And we also knew kind of what strengths and values we had. Yes, my family is like my number one. Like, there's no more birthday parties I miss. There's no more graduation parties. I cater then throw then arrange all the transportation and then not attend because I'm working, which is a real story from my past, right? I do, I did everything for everyone and I somehow missed it all because I was working. And what's, I think, very different about where I am right now, I probably travel about 150 nights a year. So... You know, that's that's about a third of the year, I guess. I'm not super good at math. If anyone would like to do the math, please email me. That's very close to a third okay. of the year. Okay, fabulous. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, Rachel, why talk in numbers? <laughs> one of the things that's really interesting is as we've gone along, we've just continuously talked about it. There are seasons of life that I want to be home. It's amazing how business has provided that. You know, last summer, I wasn't super booked. And I like to take the summers off. I have a pool. I like to be tan. I don't know. Summers just make me feel like a kid, and yet, you know, as a business owner, of course, income matters. Numbers matter. Saying no to a gig means no to direct income to me, my family, my dreams. You know, the things we're saving up for, the things I like to spend on. Let's be real. Uber Eats does not pay for itself. But you know, last year we had a big loss in our family. Our our dog died, and you know, to anyone who's ever had a soul dog, they get it. How it just it it. it just cuts the legs right down to you. But I'll tell you, ladies, you know, it wasn't just dying or dog, but it was, uh, there's a phrase out there that says, you know, every grief um, brings new uh, life to old grief. And I think that was it, right? It's a culmination of everybody I've ever loved and lost. And, and there's been a lot of that in in my life and our life, right? That's the, that's the price of a rich, long life it is great love and great loss. You know, there was a season where I didn't travel. Uh, I don't travel on um, the day my dad passed away. I don't travel on my dad's birthday um, because he's no longer there. By the way, ladies, I worked last year on my birthday. Bad idea. Have you ever celebrated your birthday in a hotel all alone in Chicago? You'd think it's going to be full of like hot fudge sundays and deep dish pizza. And it was, but it was in the sad way, not in like the celebratory way, y'all. And, you know, that's so silly. Why did I do that? So, you know, if anybody out there is listening, I would say overall, it's about that evolution and and knowing knowing those edges a lot of times. What are your non-negotiables? And by the way, are you willing to have them change? And are you willing to listen to when your partner changes too? King Sharon definitely enjoys being home. He enjoys being out in nature. You know, he likes the very stable, steady, habitual lifestyle. And, you know, he's changed a little bit where he'll come out on the road with me a little bit more, which which is great. Like, come on, ladies, full disclosure, if you've ever had your spouse over your shoulder as you've tried to work, it doesn't always work (laughs) for every trip. (laughs) But we're changing. We're evolving right. with it. Well, I I just, I think what
0: is so powerful to me, and you hear this so much, like when you see actresses getting interviewed, and they're like, how do you balance it all? How do you, how are you here on the road? And how are you a great mother? And, and there's so many of them that call them out, like, have you asked all the men that question or whatnot? So I don't love, that's, to me, that's not what I'm aspiring to be. It's not, mm. how do you balance it all? It's how do you live your truth in both, mm. in all areas of your life? Like- and I feel like there's some times I've really failed. Like I failed at being a great friend and I feel like I failed at not putting my hundred percent of my business. I failed at, you know, not showing up for my kids, you know. And in my own personal mind, obviously, like what you were talking about, like yeah. those kind and of shit. And if I can thoughts. suggest
1: yeah, fail is so permanent. Mm-hmm. What you did is you goofed up. Right. You goofed up and you goofed up sometimes for them, but it sounds like you goofed up mostly for you. Mm -hmm. And so when it does come to like the guilt of another plane or the guilt of another decision or the guilt of I chose this over that because life is just a series of choices goofing up, I got to tell you, it's like that phrase um, where it says this isn't my first rodeo. Is there an expectation to have understood it all by my second rodeo? Seems like a low amount of rodeo. <laughs> right. Okay, y'all. Right. Like goofing up is part of the contract, yeah. you know? But, you know, it's it's funny because a failure, like it does, it creeps in like that. And once you do that, I don't know about y'all, but I found at first when I was, I mean, when I was sitting middle seat, back row, basic economy, bootstrapping this business, travel, first of all, was not glamorous. It was uncomfortable, right? My body is built by meatballs. Um, so a middle seat and I were really having a war for a while, but... It, you, ha- you have that like guilt. And then what I found, at least for myself, was I would double I would double back and do guilty like guilt correcting things when I got home. Right. Like for a long time, I always brought something back for my husband, who is a grown man. I want to I want to acknowledge this. I would bring him back something from the cities I traveled with as if a bag of whole meat and coffee was like, Look, I didn't forget about you all three days while I went chasing my dream. Here's the thing, y'all, me coming back healthy and happy after a great performance and lessons learned was all the payment this man needed. And yet somehow I came back glowing, right? (laughs) Yes. And somehow I was paying $24 in the airport, by the way, as I scrambled to buy all of this (sighs) somewhat good and sometimes not so good coffee. So uh, you know it, when 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 folks are listening to this that fail you know our brains love this is right this is wrong and the truth is is that every single thing in our life is changing first of all which is such a disappointment why can't things stay the same sometimes but there are also multiple shades you know, they're multiple shades. Mm-hmm. If you were to say, you know, I'm failing, and you were to ask the people that love you the most, they would not use those words. And yet, of course, Dana, I love how open you are because you just say, well, hey, this is how I'm thinking about it. And we all resonate because mm-hmm. we want to be the best. And if you're not the best, Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights te- teaches us, if you're not first, you're last. And <laughs> <That's> and, <right. laughs> and I got to say, repeating that back, why would we take advice from that guy? I don't think it's right.
2: Mm. <laughs> so much of the time, I feel like when we... Are feeling like we're failing, it's not necessarily failure at anything, it's just overwhelm, you know, so it's stepping back and going, okay, that was too much, like you working on your birthday, it was too much, you know, traveling too alone in, in that moment, yeah, L- lesson learned, but you, ca- you can't learn that lesson by just proactively not doing that thing, you sometimes have to just try and get bold and do the thing and then evaluate yeah, I think no like, one's going to yeah.
1: control my calendar better than me. Mm-hmm. That's right. such a disappointing reality, but if somebody were <laughs> trying to control it, like I would be resentful, of course. But this is where like I I'll share with you both just a recent trip we were on. We were on a beach trip, family trip, okay, great. And I looked at my husband in a panic about 3 days in cuz you know how you fall back into those family mm-hmm. habits. And I looked at him and I said, "Hey, every time you hear me volunteer to do something, step in and go, no, babe, I'll do it because I don't want to sign you up for something, but I somehow cannot stop signing myself up for stuff. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'll do it. I'll run. I'll make this. I'll do that. And, you know, when it's it's someone else who's trying to control you, you don't like it. But when, you know, that encouragement and self-awareness doesn't mean that you always have to be perfect at it, but you can employ some people helping, right? Mm. Which is, you know, part of, I think, the success we've had in the traveling lifestyle and there's always a suitcase getting unpacked and always something getting packed is, you know, um, I don't know how to do this. this. is my first time going around having mentors in the space that are doing it. And and people who have been in different seasons of their life and seasons of their career and saying, hey, what's helped you? You know, I, I used to um, I have a friend and she says, oh, fine, first class, like, you know, in, at the five year mark, just go ahead and factor it into your costs. And you all straight up, I'm going to admit this. I was judgy when she told me that. I was like, oh, I I do this job for free and and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you right now, if I'm on the road two weeks straight, that flight home is a first-class seat. And it's a couple extra hundred bucks. And I know that I could use that couple extra hundred bucks um, differently But at the end of the day, the person I love most in the world is picking me up from the airport. And do you think I want to be squeezed, middle seat, last row, basic economy when I walk out those doors? No, I'd rather have four not very good, but free mimosas from first class. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. We are the
0: owners of Hustle & Gather Consulting. We began our consulting business because our goal is to empower you with the knowledge and the enthusiasm to take those big steps in your business. We're excited to offer
3: VIP days that provide up to five hours of one-on-one time with our team to help you navigate challenges within your business. Whether that's overcoming an obstacle, hiring that perfect team, or taking steps to expand into new territories, we want to help you achieve those milestones.
0: Head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can help you.
3: So you want to open a venue and have no idea where to start? We've been there too. We are Courtney and Dana, owners of Hustle & Gather Consulting. Over the last 10 years, we have built, operated, and scaled a successful event venue in the competitive triangle market. We want for you to learn from our mistakes and profit from our successes. Our venue marketing and direction consulting is for that person who thinks, just like we did one time, you know, opening a venue would be fun. And it is, but it can be scary and very confusing. Let us help you with those first crucial steps like market research, potential profitability, and design concepts, just to name a few. Head on over to com to see how we can help you.
2: And see what I land. I feel that example so deeply because I have always been that like, well, the whole plane is all going to the same place, and that is so ridiculous to spend all this extra money. And then when we traveled as a family in this spring, You know, we were checking bags. We were there for a week. It was like the numbers all shook out to, well, let's just do first class. It's not that much more. And oh my gosh, it it, it is like night and day. It might have ruined me for future travel because basic economy is the pits, but it was. It was a gift to ourselves. You know, it was a better life experience. It was a more joyful journey from place to place. And I can imagine if you're doing 150 plus nights a, a year, that has to be factored in because- those back row middle seats are no one's <laughs> for yeah for me like what
0: I what I think I struggle with so much too is is the fact that you're being told of how you should feel and there are many times and I think this is where I probably just talked I know I just talked to the wrong people and I had to like kind of reset my mindset a lot about it where it was this constant conversation of like don't you feel guilty like or don't you feel guilty? You're missing this, or how does that make you feel? And 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 the truth is, and the, and where I felt shame, like true and utter shame, is that I didn't feel guilty about it. That when I get on that plane, it is I am never alone. I am never ever ever alone. I, in my business, I'm not alone. I am not my own person. I'm am I, am I I'm half of a partnership. And my my husband works from home, which I love and adore. It allows me to do so many things, and I don't ever want that to change. But I am literally. Never by myself, and so when I am driving to the airport, I don't even let Sam drop me off. I'm like, I'm going to park my car, <laughs> like I'm going to take all the time that yes. I can. <laughs> I'm going to get on the plane, and I am going to enjoy. A lot of times, I'll get to the hotel and I'll just order Uber Eats. I don't even leave the hotel. Like I just want to sit and be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to anybody or whatever. Because I uh, and obviously the next day I'm talking to a ton of people when you're speaking and whatnot, but. It was this almost shameful moment of like, should I feel guilty about this? Like, should I feel bad that I'm I'm not there? Like,
2: well, people ask you that at every step in your journey through working yes. work and through motherhood. I mean, I, I remember coming back from maternity leave and I loved my maternity leave. I loved my newborn daughter. I, I love her still to this day. I, you know... I was thrilled to be back at work. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling guilty. I was excited for the opportunity to dive back in and to speak to grownups again right. and to, to do, you know, something that Ooh. feels like an accomplishment again. And it, it the question always floored me because it was like no one asked my husband that. Nobody no. asked other colleagues that. It was like, why, why would we feel guilty for having ambitions and for having goals outside of our homes, yeah. especially in this day and age?
1: It's extremely gendered. Yeah, I love that you hit on that, Alyssa. Because yeah, men, men, by the way, you know, when I am flying, whatever cabinets in the conversations that get discussed between men, and then when they turn to me are just totally different. Within the first three questions, of course, you have the standard, what do you do for a living? Where are you based? And are you married? And then when I say absolutely, you know, happily, um, which, you know, I mean, someone listening to this might be like, they're creepers. Yeah, Yeah, sure. People are creepy for sure. But, you know, the second I say, yes, they're like, what do you what does your husband think about you traveling all the time? And I was like, oh, I'm not sure I gave him a lobotomy to be able to do this. (laughs) What what do you think? You know, like, and it's funny, you know, Dana, I want to honor like that truth that you said, you know, like even you driving yourself to the airport, it's like, you know, in in what what world should we feel guilty for that? And mm-hmm. what's important is that honestly you know that and you take the space for it. I think that's where, you know, we're we're in a season of life where a lot of our friends have kids between the ages of, I would say, two and twelve right now in our life. And it's incredible to watch and it's and it's and it sucks. I'll just tell you right out here. When the parents are unhappy, the kids are unhappy. And you, and you watch that trickle down. And when the mother feels resentful and smothered specifically, and I, I shout out mothers because women do so much unpaid work. And it's part of the reason why women exorbitantly are burned out at different levels, you know, really high, the, the number is high, the impact is high. And when you ask women, you know, what could you do to, you know, to the point you use the O word, overwhelm and exhaustion, you think, well, what could help? And sometimes it's that break. It's that being an independent person, the person before you were X and before before you were why. And I mean it's why people love Las Vegas. You can be anywhere and anyone in Las Vegas. You can wear what you want, you can say what you want. And you know, I mean most of the time it comes with pasties and fishnets from what I've seen in Las Vegas. But he, here's the thing. Good for them, and 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 I would and I would submit that it's it, my heart mm-hmm. breaks a little bit because if you really want to wear fish, nuts, and pasties, y'all, why don't you do it at home too? And because you you know the the goal I think of a really rich life is to bring your full self all the time, and sometimes that means coming up for air. And they say you know different, uh, change in latitude, change in attitude. That's real. But this idea of, you know, do you know what you want? Do you know why things are grinding you down? Some people really hate travel. I think it's it's way too stressful. I think that they think it's sometimes dangerous. And, and I can submit, I respect whatever you think, but I'm here to tell you that a vacation or time away or time traveling, it really comes down to time with yourself, time to be an independent person. And you can do that at the Ramada Inn at the next town over if you really wanted to. That it doesn't have to be anything glamorous. You can pack your own food. You can camp out at the beach. But, you know, the second you breathe in that salt water and, and see air, right? Maybe the salt water, you're not going to feel as good when you breathe it in. Let me correct. this. The, that salty air, you're going to breathe it in and then you're going to somehow feel just a little bit better. But not if you've got four kids to pack for and, you know, you didn't gas up the car and you knew you should have gotten an oil change and you didn't do it. it, it you know, uh, what I have found at least to make travel a lot easier and a lot less stressful is, you know, number one, I always have the suitcase out. So when I think of something, I put it in. I've got a checklist for everything that I need to pack. And I go by the Tim Ferriss four hour work week rule, which says basically if it's $20 or less and I don't know that I definitely need it, I don't pack it. So I'm always, you know, I mean, it is rare that I will check and carry on. If it is, it's it's because I got a lot of outfit changes or something that I'm doing on stage or I'm gone for a long time. But, you know, if I can replace it, this is why I have a shipped membership to do grocery deliveries because I like to deliver healthy groceries instead of ordering out all the time, right? You know, Best Buy Plus memberships, really nice. If anything breaks that I buy under my Best Buy Plus membership, I just go into Best Buy and they give me a brand new one. Great, no problem. Geek Squad free. You know, like these are the things that help me just remind myself at the core, if you have any anxiety around travel, you know what, I can figure it out. It's true. Unless you're traveling to Azerbaijan, um, which I'll be doing later on this year, I don't know if they've got Target and Best Buy. I don't think so, y'all. So I'm going to have to plan it a little differently, right? But for the most part, even, even Des Moines or even St. Joseph, Missouri, or I'm trying to think of some other places I've been that's a little quieter. They've all got, surprisingly, people and things that I could buy to help along the way. And so it takes a lot of the stress out of, oh, did I remember everything? Guess what? Every hotel in the world, if you say, Hi, do you have a toothbrush and toothpaste? They're going to be like, No, we're going to shame you for not being prepared as a packer. Instead, they give you a toothbrush and toothpaste. And I know it's not environmentally friendly, but y'all, let's face it, I've never packed a toothbrush once in my life. All right. I need it from the hotel desk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's yeah. awesome that you found ways to like empower yourself in your travel too, because I, you know, I think. I think people find anxiety around those sorts of situations, anxiety around just doing that like new uncharted thing of traveling solo or going somewhere new all the time. And it's like, it's nice that you've empowered yourself by having resources, by having a healthy mindset around it and just going for it.
0: Well, I think it's also just letting go of like the expectation of what travel has to be. So we took the kids to Costa Rica for two weeks this last Christmas. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm an overpacker. Like I always have been and we were flying, we took some cheap flights because flights were like actually insane. And so we were trying to like kind of do it on a budget, whatever. And so we didn't actually get bags. We're like, we'll check one bag. So it was over Christmas. So I got them, we got like matching Christmas pajamas, which is, you know, frivolous, and a couple of like small stocking things. Wow. And then everything else we packed in a backpack like nice. for two weeks. And I remember I was so stressed about it. And Sam's like, why? And I was like, well, what if, what if we go here? What if? We, what if we do this? Like, and he's like, well, you, we literally have our, our itinerary, you know, we have one nice dinner and everything else is fine. He's like, if, and we like pack some laundry soap, he's like, we'll just wash some clothes in the sink and hang it out to dry. Like it's no big deal. He's like, we're in Costa Rica,
2: you know, like they also, they have clothes there. So. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was like this moment of like recognizing that why am I there? We're there to have these amazing memories. We're there to spend time outdoors we're there to relax you know and enjoy a each other suit for the like, weekend yeah, exactly <laughs> it was not <laughs> not to take these perfect instagram photos mm-hmm. not to show how glamorous my life is or anything that was just wasn't what the point of it was and and I think that sometimes especially in the world that we live in when we're so like we have so much fomo and there's so much of this outside pressures to be the certain way or to to look a certain way or you know what I'm saying that you just need to let it go that that's not what travel is travel is about so much of exploration about the world around you and even who you are in a lot of ways. Like yeah. I did some really hard things in Costa Rica that I would have never done, like ziplining because I'm terrified of heights.
2: Because uh, you know? you're braver than you thought. Yeah. But Capable like was hard things. Right.
0: <laughs> and hiked miles and miles and I'm just not I'm just not an outdoorsy person. So like so it was it was really amazing just to use travel for that reason. Rachel, you know? in a
2: hustle and gather workshop years ago, you talked about, you know, aligning what matters to you in your life and your calendar. And I feel like travel and adventure were a big part of that because at the time I was like, I I was telling myself I was too busy to really travel, like too busy to, you know, well, let's take the trip to see family and to go visit back home, but but not to like go on that adventure. And it helped me redefine that for what that means for, for me, for like me solo with my friends or me, you know, traveling individually for work or family trips or even just local adventure. But it it definitely brought it more top of mind to realize that it is a priority for me and that that's that's something that you should put at the front of your life, you know. No one will schedule your ideal life, your favorite life, your best life, like
1: you can schedule, yeah. That you know, that's a, a phrase and a, a, a teaching I still use today. So you know, what we started with a hundred people in that tent, and now you know, hundreds of thousands of people. We talk about it. It's you know, it, when I ask you what you value for those of you listening, then I ask you to show me where you spend your money, where do you spend mm-hmm. your mind, your uh, your money and your time, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you tell me that you really value your friends and your family and your faith, and you're not tithing, you're not volunteering, you're not showing up, you're uh, canceling on girls' night, right? If uh, you tell me you value health, right? The joke is you can't go through the McDonald's drive-through. I've tried, y'all. They've taken salads off the menu, okay, at McDonald's. <laughs> like you, you know, it's it's challenging. If anyone sees Dr. Pepper, tell him I miss him. Um, but, but the truth is, is that, you know, nobody knows what is truly important to you. But I know we all have spoken about this at different points because we're high performing women who care deeply about our families and and deeply about our impact and our team and our clients. I mean, we care. This Mm -hmm. is a message for people that care. And it's, it's fascinating. It's like that phrase that says, if I asked you to list all the things you love, how long would it take you to say yourself? Mm, A long time. A long time. I remember I walked into the YMCA once and I saw that on a bulletin board and I ugly sobbed. I ugly, it would have never come to my mind. And now that that's kind of in, in my awareness, right? The things that I value, I do value myself. I do value my friends and my family. And when it comes to like putting that into action, right? You check your, your calendar, you check your bank accounts. Like, are you spending it? How about your thoughts? You know, Dana, I, I love your, your example too about, you know, what if, right? What if is is almost like a prayer for the worry, you know, we mm-hmm. it tracks. like, what if, what if, what if, and, and the, the true thing that gets us about change and that makes us feel small and worried and, you know, grips onto us for control is what if I can't handle it? That's really the big statement. What if I can't handle it? And great news. We've handled every horrible day up until now. And we've also handled every great day and every average day and forgettable day and memorable day and all the days, Right. But, you know, control is is something that we, I think, as a society, we really value, right? You hear people, especially in my line of work, they say, control your destiny. And last time I checked, no. I can't, I can't, I can't. There's too many factors outside of my control. And, you know, I'm a plus size woman existing in America with a college uh, education. What about somebody who's experiencing life as a black woman in America? You know, what about somebody who's just been subject to systemic racism and, and sexism and, you know, and 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 you layer on abuse and mental illness and systemic incarceration? And I, I, I don't mean to get into it, but I'm just saying, you know, saying control your destiny is a very privileged thing that's also very ludicrous because why would I want to control it? You know, I, I said earlier, the life I'm living and the life I always dreamed of, this one is actually
2: better. I'm so glad I didn't get everything I asked for. And if you have been change a verse that whole time, it never would have happened for you. Yes. right?
1: And you know, when it comes to travel, I see it all the time. People, you know, it's it's that corral outside of the airplane gate. and People are like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to get on the plane. And, you know, to, to your point earlier, Alyssa, I agree. We're all going to the same place. Doesn't really <laughs> matter. Like, everything is fine. Chill out. But I can see it. And people, you know, when, when things go off, when delays happen, you know, I have been known. Y'all, you can totally see me do this because you know me. I have been known that when the mood goes real south and it's like, we have a maintenance issue. I loudly say, I'm glad they figured it out now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> because here's the thing i can't control anything but i'm t- deeply deeply aware and grateful first of all that i get to do this there's a jim gaffigan joke and it might be lewis ck but you know it was from years ago and he said you know he's like you yeah, know you find the worst people in attitudes in jfk to la that flight you know and, and he'd say uh you know you'd get on board and it'd be like oh oh they're out of woodford reserve or like oh 30 minutes delay <laughs> and the guy was like I'm sorry this trip used to take you 40 years. Like you were an entirely different set of people when you got there. Give it a minute. You know, and it goes on to say about like phones, how frustrated we get with phones. Mm. Oh, this isn't working. Oh, this isn't sending. Oh, this isn't reloading. Give it a second. It's got to go to space. <laughs> it's gonna go to space and then come back. So give it a minute, and they think about that all the time because I think if you're really proud of how often you control things, I think travel can be a total nightmare, right? You hear these stories, people stranded, blah blah blah. blah. Y'all, here's a couple tips. Number one, I go through DFW all the time. I fly American because I'm based in Charlotte. And I'm really loyal to them. But you know why I fly DFW? Uh, why DFW is always my hub. Not you know not uh, not Phoenix, not LA, anything like that, because my grandmother lives there. And so if you're telling me that I get delayed and stuck, that I can give up my seat to somebody who's going home to their family to get to their quinceañera of their niece... Great, take the seat. I'll get to go see the coolest 89 year old that mm. has ever existed. And she's gonna make me taco salad, which is essentially Doritos, shredded iceberg lettuce, and a can of salsa, like on top. It's incredible, right? The same thing, I go through Chicago. My in-laws live there. Y'all, my in-laws will never listen to this, but here's the thing. You know what's better than going to see your in-laws? Getting paid to go see your in-laws and mm. having the immediate excuse of, I gotta get back to the airport at four for my rescheduled flight. <laughs> it's incredible, right? The same thing goes for Philly and and you know, being open to the people you meet along the way. I got to tell you when my book comes out later this year, a, a large part of it is dedicated to people I've met on the road the best of humanity. You know, I've had Uber drivers uh, that have picked me up in New Orleans and, you know, had me subscribe to their son's gospel YouTube channel by the end of it. Uh-huh. Um, I've had a, a, an Uber driver uh, in Seattle, Washington. It by We were stuck in traffic for about two hours together. A great reason to have TSA brief check and clear. Mm. Uh, if you travel a lot, I did make that flight miraculously. But we were stuck in traffic for almost two hours and during the course of it, this guy just wanted to talk and he decided that he was going to call his mom for the first time in about a year because the elections had separated them. And she picks up the phone and she goes, Jonathan. And he's like, Hey mom, the woman bursts into tears, bursts into tears. And, you know, I'm in the back five star rating, by the way, you know, like it's it's that kind of thing. It's the delicious food you'll eat, things you'll see. Oh, my gosh. How about I was once flying. This was a a back row because I was flying standby and it wasn't a super comfy seat. But this guy next to me looked honestly like Mario of the Mario and Luigi franchise. (laughs) This was a tiny portly man with a mustache for the ages like it was crafted (laughs) by God himself. And I, so I sit next to him. And he says like mostly nothing. We're going from Miami to New York, and he says mostly nothing. Almost the entire time, it's super cool. But as we're waiting, we, we get I get stuck waiting a lot, which is okay. Okay, So, you know, you either a bring a good book, b you know, um, have racing thoughts through your mind, maybe scroll whatever. But this time, I talked. This guy talks to me, and he's got kind of broken English, and it turns out he's from Portugal. And uh, we're planning a trip to Portugal, and he's talking. He's like. Uh, and this is not going to be a good accent. So I just want to warn people. This probably come out the wrong country. I'm not meaning to mock. I'm just not good at accents. But he's like, no, I'm not giving you any recommendations. You come to my brother's house. He takes you around the island. I was like, no, you know, any restaurants, you know, like he's like, no, my brother's house. Then he pay, takes out his phone. He, he mashes the buttons. He's like, Antonio. And then he starts having a conversation in Portuguese, which I don't understand. About three minutes later, he's like, it is all set for you. He has your name. (laughs) Like, first of all, you better believe I'm going to report back next year when we go to Portugal. I will report back what happens with the brother. But I would have never. I would have never. You know? I I love all that so much. (laughs) It's amazing. You know, and you you all I think really resonate with this. But it's so cool to think like. Instead of like, what if, and you've got the the frowny face, it's what if, like, what if it was fun? What if it was transformative? What if it was wonderful and entertaining and loving and delicious? Like, that's how I keep a lot of times the fun in. And then great news. I bring it back to everyone that I know, right? Joy shared is joy multiplied. Mario from Portugal, who, by the way, I have no clue what his name is. He never said it. He's just Mario Mm -hmm. from Portugal, right? Now you all have that joy of the story. And I'm sure you all have experienced this too, Mm -hmm. the magic.
2: Well, and at every step of that journey, you were letting life into it. It wasn't just like, I got to go do work now and then later I'll do life. Like you were living your life through your work and through your journey. And I mean, every part of what you just said was remarkable. Like you could have just booked the most direct flight through whatever city had the timing you wanted. But you opted to structure it around family so that you always had that fallback of being close to someone you love, spending, you know, unexpected but joyful time with somebody you love. And like through all of those travels, you could have kept your headphones on, you know, ear, earbuds in, not, not conversed with, the with your Uber drivers, yeah. not met the person on the plane, not had those dialogues and just lived this like very lonely existence out on the road and then come home and digest it, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. let it all go and start living your life at home. But no, you came home richer and fuller and having had a more amazing lived experience because you went and did the thing you wanted to do and did it with a big open heart and a big, you know, way of showing up in the world around you.
0: And I, I think it's such a, so true for travel, but I think that where this transcends, whether you travel or not, it's very much that you are doing what you, what you are supposed to be doing, what you love, what you're passionate about what you value. And I think that can be true that even if you aren't uh, someone who travels for work or whatever, but every time you leave your house and you go to your job that you are bringing your whole self and you're trying to find the joy in everything in every situation. And, you know, the barista you come in contact with, with the person you have with lunch or the client meeting you have or whatnot, that there's a way to, I think that when you are, when you are living out your purpose, that this thing that we try to strive for of work-life balance isn't, I don't say it's not a problem, but it's not on our minds because mm-hmm. we feel balanced in who we are. And I think that's where I had to like really shift my mindset when I started really digging into this concept of work-life balance, which historically is just a bunch of BS that someone made up, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that it's not about me showing up 50-50. It's about me showing up 100% every place of my, for myself, for who I am. So if I feel crappy, I'm allowed to be crappy at home, right? It's gonna be in my room in a bathtub. You know, and it's but letting a,
2: people in in both spaces. Yes. you know, it's like letting your your colleagues and your your work related friends know the life that you have outside of it. Like Rachel knows about my puppy. Okay. <laughs> you know, you go, you've both if seen Petey my daughter grow up. This, I love you, Petey. <laughs> Shout out, you. Peter Puppy. He weighs twenty two pounds as of today. He grew again. He is Clifford. It's fine, <laughs> but you know. And then on that same token, it's like showing up in your day to day life with your work, you know, being proud of what you do and what you create, you know, posting the events that you MC or the events that I do rentals for, or the events that you host. I mean, bringing that to the other people in your life helps them get inspired and helps them see that like you are a whole person who's loving life in your work and in your day to day and in family. Such
0: a such a neat story that I'd love to to say that just happened this past weekend was Ada has, I think, from the time she was little, she was like, "I never want to be in the industry, whatnot." She's like, "You're just too stressed," and like, "That's fair." And she always wanted to be a teacher. She loved art, so she went through this like, "I want to be an animator. I want to be an art teacher, whatnot." And so, this past week, we were at the beach, and me and her went down a day later so we could do our um, summer soirée at the Bradford. And. I was just talking to her she's going into 8th grade and I was like and we always put what they want to be on their first chalk on the chalkboard or whatever and I was like what are you going to write this year and she's like I don't know mom and I was like oh you don't want to be a teacher anymore she's like no she's like I'm just she's like I really I really do like you know the events like what we just did <laughs> and I was like oh she's like I don't think I want to do weddings she's like I like I like the events I like being around people I really like talking to people and this is a girl who like would told me she was shy her entire life and I'm like and I knew mm-hmm. she wasn't shy she just is very reserved like she knew when to speak when to hold back and in her mind that was shy but anyway so we're talking and she's like and she's like and I really I really like talking to people and I was like well that's cool like there's so many jobs you can do with that like you know you're a beautiful writer I was like you can go into non-profit work and we're just kind of talking about it And she's like no mom she's like I really think I want to like like speak to people I was like oh if you want to be a speaker she was like yeah and it was oh, like this moment of like she wants to be like me
2: yeah yes. like
0: and she's 13 oh. You know, uh, and it was just this, like, oh, my gosh, like, obviously, like, how and just how different from the last five years that was because I know that I have come into my own. Like, I know that I have shown joy. Like, I don't come home and be like, oh, my God, that was so hard. I'm, like, glowing and I'm happy. I was like, that was the best time. She's like, seeing
2: you be fulfilled yes. and ambitious. Yes, and she wants that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, the, the thing of, like, you can't be what you can't see. Right. It's like she might not have had a role model for living that big. Right exciting life had you not done it and she probably took in more than you ever even realized she probably watched every bit of of the fulfillment it brought you and the success and just the joy through your life it was like such a
0: like a moment. I was like I got so emotional about it. And I was like, let's listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, I need a second. <laughs> I love that.
1: Cement it with Taylor Swift memory. Right. I love that. You know, you bring up a memory I have, Dana, and it's so funny. I never honored this, but you know, growing up, my mom was a nurse and my mom really cared about what she did. She specialized in geriatric care. And the refrain from when I was young for me and all my siblings was never become a nurse never become a nurse it was you'd be underpaid you'd be overworked if this wasn't you know the only reason she became that was because she grew up in the 50s and there were three options you could be a secretary a nurse and a mother and look at her she did two out of the three i guess she could probably be a teacher too mm-hmm. and, and here's the thing y'all My mom and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, I mean, not super close in age. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was older, but, like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't become a nurse. And -hmm. that narrative of what we say is true and what other people pick up on it. My mom could have been anything, really. But she, she became a nurse because she listened to the people in her community and and society in general and things like that. And it was, my mom she, my mom is brilliant and nurses are incredible people and she was great at it, but she never liked it. And so when it came time to figure out the things we would like, I'm not going to lie, almost all of us, um, you know, especially as kids had these, these wild ideas. You know, I wanted to be a Formula One racer and a Blue Angels <laughs> pilot and all this kind of stuff. And why was that so out there? To be honest, I didn't see a lot of, people doing work they really liked. And so, you know, honoring that both you, you both as mothers, I saw Alyssa where your little one said that she wanted to plan weddings with mommy oh, yeah. on Instagram.
2: And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, it makes my heart burst, Rachel. <laughs> oh, and it's been, it's been her whole life because I've been a wedding pro since before she was born. I mean, she came to an all team meeting in a car seat when she was months old. Like she's been along with me on the journey every bit of the way. And it's her whole frame of reference for what a professional career looks like and what a fulfilling career looks like is producing events. And, you know, I've, I encourage her to explore fields outside of that and have other passions outside of it, too. But it's always been really impactful to me that, like, that's the future she sees. She's mm-hmm. like, if, if you're still doing this when I'm a grown-up, I want to come do it with you. Because you're so happy. Yeah. Because you have I'm so happy much and joy. Fulfilled. I've yes. given her a good life by yes. doing it and doing yes. it well. And I've come home excited and ready yes. to share it with her. Yeah. You know, and it's
1: of... not it's not just that. It's everything else. It's nice and the associations mm-hmm. you're a part of and all the friends and the experiences and in the food and the in the visual beauty and the travel and the how happy it makes you and daddy. And like that's when we understand that the impact, and I've goosebumps right now, Alyssa, you're hitting on the core truth. When we understand how much our own happiness impacts Dana, your own that shift, right? In in that what well, you've had, the way that you speak about it, what we speak is true because no one else knows anything different. They're not listening to the narrative in our head. And you both are these beacons. That's why you're leaders in the industry and your businesses and, you know, just number one girl crushes in in a lot of different ways. But it's true, right? And when you shine mm. that light, what I think you're also doing is I think, you know, and I've seen this both, both with you is that, you know, you do have these great communities around you and you give yourself this permission to change. Cause the truth of the matter is, is that we don't have to, we get to. And at our very best, we want to the want to area of our life, right? It's like, you know, I appreciate you commenting, you know, like bringing your passion. Yeah, y'all, sometimes it's hard to leave. Sometimes I don't want to leave. Sometimes my passion is waiting for me here at home and and not out on stage. And yet it's drawing on the people around me. It's drawing on the gratitude of I have the best life. I have the best life with the best clients, with the best job. I can't believe I get paid.
2: To do, and you're inspiring people along the Whatever. way just by living that life and by saying out loud, wow, "Look, look at this life I'm doing, and look at the way that I'm loving doing it." I mean, people may be watching and learning from that, even if what they love and want to do is completely different from that. Totally, you different. know, different industry, different yeah. work-life balance, all of it. They see somebody self-actualizing, and they want to do it too. So it's inspiring.
1: Well, you know, one of one of my favorite parts of the airport is the baggage claim, and, and the reason <laughs> is is because people are reunited. You know, some people go off and do their thing, right? They're on a mission. It's nice to see, go grab the bag. It's like some unspoken competition of like racing out of the airport as fast as humanly possible. But, you know, you get to see people reunited and it could be, you know, my my favorite season is the Christmas and the spring season when you see parents picking up their kids from college because you know that the, the child that they are seeing, the young adult they are seeing is different than the young adult that has left. And you see this parent and it's this one moment, even when children aren't super big on touch, that they will allow like the big hug, you know, or, or people they're meeting and they're in love or people they're meeting and they're like, welcome to the family reunion or, you know, returning from overseas service or whatever it is. And that like active, I think, reuniting and remembering like the newness of it. I've never, you know, had better hugs until I exit a funeral you know, because it's on top of your mind. And travel does that a lot. You know, you travel to different places and you see how it could have been. You know, you traveled to New York City and there's some of the richest, most fashionable people in the entire world, the most interesting, brilliant people. There's also a deep amount of homelessness and poverty and crime and rats, the size of overweight beagles. And you think, (laughs) okay. You know, I like where I'm from and I like the life I'm living and who I do it with and who I do it for. And that kind of perspective, I think, you know, to anyone listening to this as as we're talking about it, it's like, you know, you're talking to people that have, we have a lot of perspective on life. And that doesn't come from staying in the same place, doing the same thing with the same people. You know, it's comfortable. But but is it is it enriching? And, and who's looking to you? To your point, Alyssa, who's looking to you for that inspiration? It only takes one person to change your whole freaking life to say, wait, hold on. That was an option? You think, hell yeah, that's an option. And if you think that looks like fun, then freaking go off and do it.
0: Well, uh, this has been amazing.
2: Everything you just said is oh, very great. much how I feel yes. about you, Rachel. You have definitely been that for me yeah. over the years. So mm, thank for you. Sure. For sure. So much love, y'all. Letting so us much
0: in. Love. But I would love for you just to kind of give us a little where we can find you, um, what you have coming when you mentioned your book, like when that's supposed to come out, like how we can support you and how we can follow along your amazing journey.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I hang out a ton on LinkedIn. So Rachel Sharon on there. Remember, it's like Ed Sharon, but different. Rachel Sharon. I definitely post on um Instagram. And then yeah, the book comes out a little later on this year. I'm mean, being a little uh squishy with the time frame. Unfortunately, my publisher went bankrupt earlier this mm-hmm. year. So it set me back a little bit, but you know, at, at first I was like, you see, this is like the universe saying this book stinks. That is very egocentric and not at all true. This book rocks. I am mm. so excited to put it out in the world. But if you follow along, you know, on rachelsheeran.com, I have newsletters you can sign up for. But you know, we're going to be doing a ton of different giveaways. I also post in my monthly newsletter what cities I'm going to be in. And so, you know, just shouting it out. I know you ladies are incredible speakers. Uh, you know, I have a huge passion of getting more women and diverse voices on stage. So you know, if I come to a city near you and you want to have a chai latte or a margarita, I don't do caffeine, but I definitely do tequila. Um, (laughs) So please hit me up and let me know. And um, yeah, I am just so grateful for this time together. Thanks for inspiring me, ladies. Thanks for leading. Thanks for, I don't know, just being overall beautiful, shining humans because you do really others can. And I'm just really grateful to be on this earth with you. Oh, thanks, Rachel. It was hey, wonderful to chat with you today.
0: Yeah. And we feel the same way about you. 100%. You're like the the person we aspire to so much.
1: Heart emoji, to heart emoji, heart emoji, heart <laughs> emoji. Let's go on the private jet. It's happening next year. Oh, Let's go. yeah. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm game. Where are we going to go? The Bahamas, <laughs> what, Wherever Jamaica. baby
1: wants, baby gets. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: more about our hustles visit us on the gram at cnd events at the bradford and c at anthem.house and at hustle and gather and if you're interested in learning more about our speaking training or venue consulting head to our website at hustle
2: and to follow along with what my team and i are up to feel free to follow us on instagram at curated events raleigh and myself at Alyssa l ruth you can come along with me on my speaker journey as well as my rental journey and my new career journey as the director of sales on the team that i've been a part of for the past seven years
0: Also, if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a
2: rating and a review. This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you the next time on Hustle & Gather.